Can you hear it? The sound of ocean? Waves against a rocky cliff? It's Maine, a place where sights, sounds, and taste all come to life. Breathtaking vistas from the top of a seaside mountain. Lobster and oysters straight from crisp, cold waters. It's where you can take a breath and a beat and let the world slip away. Plan your trip at visitmaine.com. Loki, the trickster god, has betrayed you. Find him, and vengeance shall be yours. Explore vast and mysterious realms. And battle gods and monsters. Enter Chaos, Asgard's Wrath 2. Available now, only on MetaQuest. Learn more at AsgardsWrath2.com. See job safety guidance online. Accounts for 10+. Asgard's Wrath 2 is for ages 17+. Finding the music you love shouldn't be hard. That's why Pandora makes it easy to explore all your favorites and discover new artists and genres you'll love. Enjoy a personalized listening experience simply by selecting any song or album, and we'll make a station crafted just for you. Best of all, you can listen for free. Download Pandora on the Apple App Store or Google Play and start hearing the soundtrack to your life. This message is brought to you by Colaguard. Colaguard is a one-of-a-kind, non-invasive colon cancer screening test. The test kit is delivered right to your doorstep, so you can collect your sample in the privacy of your own home. There's no special prep, no need for time off, and no changes to your diet or medication. Your Colaguard collection kit comes with simple instructions. But if you have any questions, they have a customer care line you can call 24-7. If you're 45 or older, at average risk for colon cancer, ask your provider about Colaguard. Colaguard is available by prescription only. Learn more at colaguard.com listen. When you've watched a tiny kitten grow into a healthy senior cat, you remember why you chose Cat Chow. Because it's backed by 60 years of expertise. Cat Chow makes yummy formulas for cats of all ages, which makes me one happy cat mom. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com/play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Hey Reese, bitch, put the game on, man. I'm trying to see what Luca and them boys going to do tonight, man. Babes outside this podcast. Y'all know what time it is. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another weekly edition of the Mavs Outsides Podcast. I'm one half of your host, Maurice Williams, aka Montevries, M of R25 on Twitter, not calling that shit X. Joined as always by Michael Bibbins, aka Bibbs, at Bibbs Corner on Twitter. Have you seen podcasts? Wherever you find your podcast content, you've been dropping like a lot of, a lot of shit uh, lately. Um, more, more shit to come. No, no, no laxative. Um, 
how how you liking having Tyler on more often, damn near like a like like a co-host at this point. Uh, it feels uh, good because it kind of forces me to not to have something to do, which is mm-hmm. why I've probably been posting more. Um, when I'm when I'm planning by myself, I find myself spending too much time planning. But knowing that he expects that we'll have something to do, and he could actually suggest things like yeah. talk to me. I don't know if I would have saw talk to me if he didn't. You know, he's the horror guy. So anything horror that you, you may not know about, he's uh, on it. Speaking of which, I might have to see that uh, that vid, that Dracula joint is coming out. Oh yeah, um, I can't remember the name of it, but but I know what movie you're talking about. Yeah, the the ride, last ride of the Dementor or something. Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. That's that's what it is. Uh, I saw my girl Anderson <laughs> Franciosi is in there from the Nightingale, so you know that that kind of pushed it over the top for me. Um, I still haven't seen Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. My plan was to see it before I leave for this cruise, but I guess I'll have to wait till I come back. Um, pretty sure it'll still be in theaters, so I'm not worried about that at all. Um, I, I've missed a lot of shit that I have not seen, so I'm, I'm gonna have some catching up to do. Um. <clears throat> Besides that, how was your week? Um, so we recorded the last episode, what, Sunday? Yes. I just put it out today, which is Friday. <laughs> I am still sore. Um, actually, before we started to record this podcast, I went to run up the steps and pretty much almost tore both cheek muscles. Um, the gluteus, is, if you will. Glutei. I don't. I don't know how you say plural. plural glute, the glutes. And I had to stop and slowly come up the steps because I'm still still sore. Not as bad as I was, obviously, but still sore. And now that most of the soreness has worn off, the actual injuries have come through. So like I might have tore some joint, some junk in my my arm, chest area. So like my chest, all the way through to like my my upper bicep. Is sore. Like if I lay down and like go to push to get up, it hurts. If I like do a throwing type motion, it it, it hurts. So I, I'm gonna try to hopefully that that's okay in a few days, but it's it's not a good feeling right now. Brother, it sounds like your ass gonna need a doctor. I, I might need to I almost said some stuff I probably shouldn't say on the podcast. Um wouldn't be the first time. Matter of fact, can I edit it out? I can edit it out, right? If you That's want. Too risky, too risky. I mean, we could do it like a, a, a Patreon clip. I don't know if it need to be there either. Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> censored. <laughs> what is this? Shit. Oh, that hurt. Oh, my God. If I breathe too deep, it hurts. That's how bad this is. Damn, like it's it's really bad. It's really bad. I I really do need to be seen, like ASAP. <clears throat> Censored. Bet your ass won't be running up and down them goddamn courts again. No, not no time soon. Uh, and I think that the chest injury happened when Landry Shamit went through my chest on a on a drive. I went. I like. I stood my ground like Josh Green, but he lowered the shoulder like Derrick Henry. And I, Motherfucker said Landry Shamit. He did. He looked like Landry Shamit, though. I can't. 
I can't make this. Up. That's a crazy motherfucker to just randomly look like. It's a light skinned dude that have black features. It's Landry Shamit. Long, skinny dude. Anyway, but he drove, he lowered the shoulder in my chest. I think that was when the injury happened. It, it legit hurts um, constantly. Well, how's your week? How's your week? Yeah. Um, Always been long, man. Just a whole lot of working. Uh, waited until today to start packing, getting ready for this cruise. I'm a procrastinator. I can't help it. Um, been real tired, though. So hopefully I get some rest tonight because I have to be up at 4 a.m. because my flight is at 6 a.m. in the morning and I have to be to the airport by 5. So, um that's a very good reason why I plan on breezing through this. Um, <clears throat> if y'all listen to Bibbs when he was talking, today is Friday. Uh, we usually record on the weekends, like on a Saturday and Sunday. Um, th- this is being recorded on Friday. You'll likely still get it on the regular date. Um, I don't know what we're going to do about next weekend. What's your what's your uh, itinerary looking like? I mean, not the details, but like just coming in. And we might be able to record next Sunday. Yeah, right. Huh? When you come back? I come back Saturday, but like I land at twelve a.m. Sunday. Like midnight Saturday night. When do you go back to work? That Monday. Take the Sunday off. We, we we can skip it. Cool. I was hoping you say that. Um, <laughs> we'll figure it out. Even if we had to record this week, huh? Ain't nothing really happening this week unless Josh Green goes stupid because they play like all three of their exhibition games this coming week. If something happens this week and like the Mavericks make like a trade for a center or some shit, I got my phone. We'll just hop on and fucking. Zoom. Actually, it depends. We can knock something out Sunday if something if something worth talking about happens. We'll cross the bridges when we get to them. We'll leave it open. But I, I as of this moment, I'm gonna say let's play it to, to take the week off. Gotcha. Um, like I said, we're recording this on Friday, which means we are recording before the Hall of Fame ceremony this weekend on Saturday. Well, our very own Dirk Nowitzki will be getting inducted into the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame. But before we get to that, let's focus on Mavericks news. For this week, a couple weeks ago, was it maybe a month ago, not even a couple weeks ago, maybe it was a whole month ago, there were talks of uh, the Dallas Mavericks being interested in two players. One, Kelly Oubre. And the other being Derek Jones Jr. Mavericks had one more roster spot left. That's been revealed this week that they have used the 15 roster spot on Derek Jones Jr. Forward can play some small forward, can play some power forward, hell, can even play some center. Played a little bit of center. Uh, what team was that? I believe it was the Chicago Bulls, but his latest team that he played a little bit of center for. 
the deal, one year, fully guaranteed. I don't even know the goddamn numbers. Doesn't matter. It's one year. Uh, I think we kind of both talked out, well, not talked ourselves into. It's not like we didn't want the guy. Um, I think we were more leaning on the side of Kelly Oubre. And as we talked about it, we started being more okay with a Derek Jones Jr. signing. What's your thoughts on this? <clears throat> yeah, if I look at it as kind of replacing the Frank Nielakina spot of like where I wanted Frank Nielakina to be, I should say, as a, a wing defender with developmental three-point potential. And he's an athlete, though, so he's like a yeah. finisher. He's going to run the floor. He's going to dunk. Um, Shot 50% from the field. It's an easy fit. It's an easy, easy like fit signing type of situation where like I don't think he's capable of coming in and doing too much. No. Uh he's still young or younger than I realized. So there is room for him to grow. Um bare minimum, we know what he does. Bare maximum, we don't know yet. But not hurting anything by having him on the roster. And can't be mad at the signing. I feel like I'm not mad at the roster overall. I, I do still want a big on a two-way, but that's not a big deal. That's that's a very small deal. And yeah. It feels good to be able to go down the roster and say, oh, this guy can contribute somewhere. This this guy's pretty good at something. This guy's good at that. I feel like we haven't had that in a while because our end of the bench guys, which is so bad. Someone was so bad, you're like, how are you in the league? Bad channel, bro. Um, I just love that the Mavs are adding some athleticism, man. It's definitely a new era. It's a new era. We got Derek Jones Jr., Josh Green, Omax, Derek Lively. Uh, hell, you could throw Dante Exum in there. We needed a wing. We went and got a wing. We got a wing who can play some defense. Is effective on offense. Shoots fifty percent from the field because most of his buckets <coughs> are dunks. Um, capable of hitting the three if need be, but not as consistent as I know Mavs fans would like. Uh, he missed too many in a row. Y'all gonna start flaming him. I already know how this goes. Um, but but uh, I don't know if I'd say needed, but a very helpful addition. Uh, to the team. I'm pretty sure there'll be times where he doesn't play. Like, this isn't a guaranteed rotational guy. Um, but I'm excited about it. I'm a little excited about it. It's wing depth. It's depth at a area that you need. And again, a low-maintenance player that's not gonna... Like, Kelly Oubre would not qualify as a low-maintenance player. He's a guy, no. when he's in, he's gonna be getting shots. Derek Jones Jr. does... He could play five minutes and never shoot the ball, and it's not a big deal. I'm excited about this season. I'm not there yet, but yeah. I'm not mad right now. <laughs> I'm not mad at all. I'm I'm cool. I'm I'm curious. I'm I'm ready to see it all come together. If they if they don't make another if they don't make another move, I'm I'm satisfied. I'm just like, man, Nico, Nico did exactly what the fuck he was supposed to. This wasn't like a hype job where they got his hype for the offseason and then came through and did nothing. Like, he actually got stuff done. 
Uh, so shout out to Nico. Shout out to Derek Jones Jr. for being part of the Mavericks now. Can't wait to see you catch oops from Luca. That shit is going to be crazy. Feels good to have guys on the roster now who can like really catch a body. Wayne used to that. We used to kill him motherfuckers with 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 layups. We look like a a, a technical college team that picks you apart. Yeah, <laughs> team that could come in and dunk on your head and be celebrating all over <laughs> on the court. Like we we're having fun regardless. Hopefully. <laughs> That, that means the team will be running more as a whole. Uh, but I'm not expecting that. Really? Yeah, I'm not expecting it. I, I'm hoping for it. I mean, Luke is in better shape. And I, I, again, I think part of his, part of the plan, and it's something he's probably going to have to grow out of, was part of the plan was to shorten the game yeah. by having him slow it down. But uh, hopefully that's not necessary anymore with the added depth. Uh, not necessarily sure where Derek Jones Jr. will land in the rotation. Something tells me Mavs fans are really going to like him. They might get attached in one year. Uh, but hey, Derek Jones Jr. at the end of the bench is better than Theo Benson at the beginning of the bench. So let's move on. Shall we? Do you have anything else to add? I guess they didn't appreciate my contributions. Ain't that what Theo said? That's what he said. No, he said, I guess I'm not valued. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We don't know exactly what he said because he deleted the tweet. And then so. he deleted it after he realized Mavs fans were going to slurp him into oblivion. Some of them, some of them was definitely glazing hard. Like, mad slurpage happening in the comments. It was crazy. Like, at least wipe your mouth. Have some decorum. For what? Have some decorum. This is Theo Pinson. This ain't even Thaddeus Young, Theo Pinson. Like, he ain't even a prospect that you could be like, dang, he really was going to be. He's 27, ain't he? Like, what has he done? He in his prime. For him to even tweet that and say, I guess I'm not valued. No. Not not, not in terms of a dollar amount. Por no. que? Por que? Why should we value you? The sub, they put they changed the rule you can't dance and act, act the fool on the bench no more. So what what are you actually bringing to? We spent most of the season not being able to say what his position was. Like what does he we do? Still don't know. I don't know what he is. He's not a defender. We know that. He's not really a shooter. He's not a point guard. Like you, too old to not know who you are as a basketball player and be talking like that. That's why he can't fit into a fucking defined role because he doesn't know his role as a basketball player. And you can't be this old not knowing what your role is. That's how you end up out of the league. Facts. You're supposed to have figured it out by now. Stay to humble yourself thing. This is never mind. Um, let's move on. Let's move on from that. Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame is tomorrow. Dirk will be inducted into the Hall of Fame. I'm not sure who's inducting him. Do we know? I actually don't remember. Uh, let's see if I can look it up. I feel like I knew Iverson's doing Wade, right? Yeah, Wade chose. Uh, Wade chose Iverson. Why do I know that? But I don't know who Dirk. Because it's Allen Iverson. 
doesn't necessarily say. Dirk chose not to have be inducted by anybody. So he doesn't think he deserved to be there. Yeah, of course he doesn't. So humble. Maybe he doesn't have anybody doing it. Or maybe it's just nobody we know about. Let's see. Hall of Fame. Iverson. Wade. See if that brings up a list. Jason Kidd and Steve Nash. Got it? Yep. That makes sense. Uh you want the rest of the list? Uh not really. I mean, I can I mean I'll just Tony Parker's being done by Manu and Tim Duncan. Makes sense. I forgot that all these other extra people. Becky Hammond's being done by Cheryl Swoops and Teresa Weatherspoon. Makes sense. Powell's being done by Tony Kukoc. That's okay. Wasn't expecting that. Didn't know they had a relationship. Um, Greg Popovich is being done by Tim, Manu, Tony Parker, and David Robinson. God damn. Okay. Yeah, so the whole squad is coming yeah, up. Yeah, basically. That's a beautiful thing, man. Yeah, I won't do the rest of these. Jim Valvano is being done by John Calipari. Oh, there's a lot. There's a long list. Yeah, it is. Some of them don't really get put out there like that, like promoted, but they induct a lot of people in one class just with different subcategories and whatnot. No comment. We talked about that already. Yeah, we did. <laughs> on, um, on outside the NBA, which you can get if you subscribe to Patreon. Make sure you're a patron. Um, <laughs> having us talk about this seemed like a much better idea before I was like tired as fuck, but we doing it anyway. <laughs> Like I was saying, with Dirk going into the Hall of Fame tomorrow, um, unfortunately, I won't be able to, I don't even think I'll be able to watch, which sucks. But, you know, it is what it is. I'm also going to miss the Spain, I mean, not Spain, uh, Slovenia and Team USA game, which which also sucks. Um, But I want to come on here and talk about, you know, some of our favorite Dirk Nowitzki moments. Uh, it could be anything. It could be in the midst of a game, something something funny, something that's special to you. Uh, honestly, let's try not to pick. Let's try to pick things outside of the 2011 championship. I don't have to say that to you because I know you'd be like, oh, I don't want to pick that just because it's, it's that. But I'll go first. Um, can't remember which game. Um, I think it was game five against Phoenix in 2006. Okay. That way he put up 50. 53. Was it 50, 53? <clears throat> well, he bust their ass and won the series in six. And that's special to me because obviously we know Steve Nash left. And this was Dirk's, and I'm pretty sure Steve Nash was feeling the same way, like, I want to beat these guys type of deal. 
I also believe that's the game Tim Thomas blew a kiss at Dirk and then Dirk continued to bust his ass. Um, but to be honest, if we think about that playoff, we beat the San Antonio Spurs, the Phoenix Suns. If we would have been in the Miami Heat in 2006. Don't remind me. I was very depressed that year. So, yeah, I'll label it the quote-unquote Dirk revenge game against the Phoenix Suns. Uh, I believe it was game five, but I'm not sure. Uh, game five in 2006. I want to thank you for bringing that up because it did remind me of mine, and I got the details of it by looking for it. Mm-hmm. 2004, it was the Mavs versus the Rockets. Yeah. T-Mac being my one of my favorite players at the time. T-Mac versus Dirk. T-Mac had 48, 9, 9, and 3 blocks. Yep. Dirk had 53, 16, 4 blocks, 3 steals. For y'all dumbasses that's running y'all mouth about T-Mac on social media, this is the T-Mac we talk about. T-Mac was like, I, like I, I've never really been a Jersey guy. Like I got the Jason Kidd jersey as a gift when I was seven. The next jersey I had was a T Mac jersey. That Orlando Magic T Mac jersey is hard. I had the entire the the jersey, the shorts with the stars all on them. I still have the shorts actually. The pinstripe joint. Yeah, I still have. No, not the pinstripe. It's like it's all blue with the with the like the the shorts have stars all. Oh, okay. All right. Um. T Mac was my guy. Obviously, Dirk was my guy. The game went, couldn't have gone more perfectly for me. Yeah. Um, over time, two of my favorite players both went stupid, and the Mavs won. Um, yeah, I, I couldn't have asked for more. <laughs> That's definitely one of my favorite, favorite memories. That would have been, I was in high school at the time. Like, this was. Me and my me and my one of my friends that are like really close right now, like we we definitely have fun talking about that one the next day of school. Um another memory for me. Uh cannot remember the year, but I know it was in the 2010s because Mello was on the Knicks. Mello is defending Dirk at the end of the fourth quarter. Uh and he infamously defends Dirk. <laughs> Like Dirk goes up for the shot and Melo goes like this. He had reached and he didn't want to foul. Because he didn't want to foul Dirk. And Dirk is like a bit off balance, fading away. It's like right at the top of the key. Shoots the fade away and the ball bounces in. But the game went up. And I'm watching, I was watching that game live. I believe it was on NBA TV. Uh, I was watching that game live and First of all, I couldn't believe Melo defended him like that to fucking like just without context. I could not believe you defended one of the greatest shooters of all time on a game-winning mid-range fadeaway with your hands behind your back. I didn't know if that was some of her psychology shit he was trying or what. Did not affect Dirk. Knocked it down. We beat the Knicks. I don't remember the score. I'm not an encyclopedia like that. I'm not even sure what fucking year it was. I just know. I just know. I I watched that play live. I I watched it play out. And it's just one of many Dirk Davisky game winners. Yeah. Um, 
Hmm. Speaking of game winners. Two thousand eight, Utah Jazz. Uh, that was the year that Dirk Nowitzki had the teeth in the elbow. I was gonna bring up the teeth yeah. in the elbow, but that wasn't really a great memory. That was crazy. I'm sorry. That was that. That was hard as fuck. That that crazy? shit was badass. The the the, was, shot, the shot or the fact that he, the teeth in the elbow. So the teeth in the elbow was badass. Teeth in the elbow, Dirk is like one of my favorite <laughs> things to bring up. Like. <laughs> Teeth in the elbow, Dirk is one of my favorite things to bring up because it's like he got his big bulky ass wrap on his elbow because dude's teeth was stuck in his elbow. Stuck in his elbow. You know how hard your elbow guy hit a motherfucker in the mouth for their teeth to get stuck in your shit? Come on, man. Come on, man. And they say dirt soft. And he came out and was hooping with a big bulky wrap on his elbow. Hooping. And he hit the game winner over the Utah Jazz with the teeth in the elbow. It was, uh, I think the Jazz hit a three to tie it up with five. I'm looking at it now, actually. 5.8 seconds left. Ball came in to Josh Howard, pushed it straight up the court. Dirk on the wing, catch, splash, game, kiss my ass. Was that the game where he went off for like 29, I think, in like a half or a quarter? Or did he drop like 40 on them or something? You're going to make me pull it up. It was April 10th, 20, 2008. Let's see. Dirk, Dirk, Dirkity Dirk. Uh, we want the game logs 2008. Say April 10th, right? I, I think so. We won by three. Dirk, he had 32 points in that game. 32. I must be thinking of a different game then. Yeah. Um, all right, I'm going to fast forward the clock a bit because um, I remember watching this game and I remember being hype in my room when I knew he was about to get there, the 30,000-point game. That's uh, a bad memory for me. Huh? That's a bad memory for me, but continue. <laughs> Wait, and now I want to hear what? I'll tell you after you finish. Okay. Um, I don't remember. who It was against – was it against the Lakers? I don't think it was the Lakers. Hold on. I can't remember who it was against. But we're watching this game with anticipation, knowing Dirk is about to hit the 30,000 point mark. And we're not sure how soon it's going to take him to get there throughout the game. It did not take long. That motherfucker came out on fire. You would have thought he said, look, I'm coming here to play, get my 30,000 points, and then I'm going to – huh? It was the Lakers. Okay. It's funny because that shot looks like another one that I'm going to bring up in a minute. It's like in the same exact spot. I know. I think I know what you're going to bring up. Larry Nance was, was defending him. Was it against the Lakers as well? That's why it's funny because it's the same shot, same spot, and it's the same team. <laughs> I know what you're going to bring up. Um, oh, that's funny. Yeah. Uh, he yeah, wasn't he came sure. Out firing, and I was pissed. He came out firing. Like he got that shit in like the first quarter, hit that shot from the corner. 30,000 points. Crowd goes crazy. Um, his mentor was there. It was a beautiful moment, man. I, I To be honest, I was shocked because I'm like, well, damn, now all the suspense from the rest of the game is gone. Like, what? what, what? All right, I guess I just watched this shit. But why was it a bad 
memory for you. So you know who wasn't there? Me. Okay. When I realized he was approaching the 30,000, I timed it and I predicted when he was going to do it. And I bought tickets to the game and I bought a plane ticket to Dallas. It was the next game. I had tickets to the next game. I think he needed like 26 in that game or something like that. He needed like 20 or something like that. He hadn't been getting buckets like that. And I just knew I had timed it perfectly. It was so close going to that game. I was like, if Dirk don't go stupid tonight, I'm straight. And then he did it in like 10 minutes. I was like, yo, what the, what is he doing? But the thing was, this wasn't like old, old Dirk. Dirk was still the best player on the team. So it's like. It was 2016. He was decent. Now I got to find how what year it was. That's what tough. Go today. It was March 7th, 2016. All right. Now I got to find it. I got to see what he did. So in the- he did it the year. I meant not the year. The game before you were supposed Literally to the game before. Like I pulled up at the arena. They had the, the 30,000 shirts off, on sale still. But they had gave him away the game before. Uh, let me see. March 11th or March 7th. Is that what I said? Yeah, I had tickets on. The- no, hold on. What day was it? God damn it. On this four years ago today, so March seventh, oh, it was twenty seventeen. My bad. I'm gonna pull it up. March seventh, March seventh, and it was perfect because I always was in Texas in March for uh, South by Southwest around that time. I would always go to South by Southwest in Austin, and then I would just drive up to Dallas or whatever to catch a game or two yeah it was the lakers march 7th so dirk he ended up with 25 points in that game yeah it was 2017 i think he needed 20 did he need 20, 18 or 20 or something like that i can't remember exactly the number that he needed god damn it should i figure that out yeah i mean if you want you don't have to now let me see when he made the shot It was like the second shot. It was 11. It was like 11 minutes left in the second quarter. All right. So now I got to pull up the game. I'm going to go to the play-by-play. This is dedication, y'all. Live on the pot. (laughs) All right. Where is it at? Where is it at? Where is it at? Second quarter, 11 minutes. Where you at? Ten fifty-eight. There you are. Second quarter, plus two. Dirk Nowitzki makes a jump shot. What the hell? All right, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. 15, 18, it was 20. 
So he needed 20 points. He got 25. He ended up again, he ended the game with 25, but he got to the 20 point mark with 11 minutes to go in the second quarter. Um prior to that game. He the last time he had scored 20 points was like a month prior. He had 18 in the game before that. 10, 11, 8, 18, 8 in the games, all those games leading up. So I was like, cool, he could have another 18 point game and then score that 20th point. When I get to the game, which would have been the game, I went to the game against Brooklyn. Um, they had like five straight home games. They went to they they played Brooklyn and then Phoenix. I was I was prepared to go to Brooklyn, which I had the ticket for. And then if he didn't get, get it done there, I was gonna go to the next game, which was the next day against Phoenix. But he got it done against LA. I went to the Brooklyn game upset, and the rest is history. Stuff. I was like, man, I, I almost had an opportunity to see at least one milestone in this man's career. Yeah. And he took it from me. He took it from me. <laughs> the look on your face is like he took it from me. So, so uh, the la- the other one I wanted to bring up was obviously I think you know what it is. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> the jumper, the game winner against the Lakers, um, 2016, January twenty sixth. About three years, almost to the day before Kobe's passing. Uh, where he hits the jumper over Julius Randle, falls into the Lakers bench, gets the pat on the cheeks from Kobe. Kobe would deny of approval. Uh, that's just what he does. Dirk with the pat on Kobe's shoulder. Like, just, just too perfect. Too perfect. Just a beautiful moment between two legends, man. Couldn't script it. <laughs> Couldn't script it. Um, this next one's a little bit more fun. Um, Dirk's final All-Star game where Dirk checks in and for a minute he, he he ain't doing too good you know but then he starts splashing them bitches 52 year old Dirk I know <laughs> <laughs> old ass Dirk him and D-Wade wasn't even playing good that year but they got that honorary all-star invite Splashing them bitches in the All Star game, and I'm just hyped. Like, man, that's that that's my guy. It's nothing. It, it's not a bad word anybody can say about Dirk to me, like ever. I don't care what it is. Like, unless you're telling me he's racist, and I don't believe you. His wife black. Oh well. Like he take to go plates to work to 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 the fuck to, to the fucking games. Like he probably taking a to go plate to the fucking Hall of Fame speech, aluminum full wrapped and everything. And he probably got it in a Walmart plastic bag. Come on, man. Like, what are we talking about? Do you have another one? I got one more just for the international folks. Okay. 2005 Euro basket uh, semifinals. It was Germany versus Spain. Yes. Gasol brothers. Um, young, skinny Mark, I think. Uh, no, he was thick. Pause. Um, Dirk with the game winner. Uh, I think it was 74, 73 was the final. He finished 27 to 7. He had the game winner to get them to the to the final. And I always pull for Dirk to like I 
it wasn't as like the way we go hard for Luca now, like getting up at three in the morning, like it wasn't like that back then. But I would always nah. follow the games whenever <laughs> Dirk was playing to see what he was doing with his national team. Cause again, that stuff was important to the international players. And uh, that was a, that was a big deal. Like getting them to the final, putting up buckets, uh, just a good, good game, fun game. And like, you look at the score, like I'm looking at it now, 74, 73, I think I just said the score was in the final. Uh, but Dirk, classic Dirk, pull up, go baseline drive with the left hand, pull up, pump fake, pull up fade, bang. And nothing they could do. I think Spain had to push it down the court. They threw it up, missed it, and that was that. My favorite, my last moment, not necessarily, not necessarily my favorite. My last moments uh tied with two things. Okay. They come in the same year though. Uh one, the moment with Doc Rivers, with Doc Rivers calls the timeout, stops the game just to have the staple center give Dirk Nowitzki a standing ovation. They're not in Dallas. They're in L.A. Doc Rivers calls a timeout, stops the game on in Dirk's last year to acknowledge him, shout out to Roman Reigns, and give him a standing ovation. Within that same year, <clears throat> I went to my first Mavericks game um, in D.C., and Dirk was there. Um, did Luca play that game? Yes, Luca did play that game. Uh, Dirk was there. Dirk checks in. Um, this is my first time getting to see Dirk play. Was not a good experience. Um, <laughs> first time getting to see Dirk play, uh, and, and I'm able to join in with the rest of the DC crowd and giving them a standing ovation and the love that he rightfully deserves. And now he's getting the love he deserves going into the Basketball Hall of Fame. So shout out to Dirk Nowitzki. Uh, he is our GOAT, Mavericks GOAT, obviously, because Michael Jordan's the GOAT. But um, like I said, it's not a bad thing a motherfucker could say to me. I beat a motherfucker ass about Dirk Nowitzki. I'm going to keep it 100 with you. As an uh, outsider, I definitely had plenty of cafeteria battles defending Dirk's honor. In high school, um, when um, so, two thousand six was my junior year. Like two thousand six going into two thousand seven was the summer before my senior year. That was a rough summer, and it was rough coming back. Had a ton of Heat fans that I knew. Um, had to had to deal with all that pain for all those, all that time. That five year gap between 2006 2011 was torture yeah 2011 was the year i finished college uh but i had a gap i think that summer where was i that summer i was working on campus that summer when we won the championship and i just remember when we won like i kind of out like i remember watching dirk's reaction but my reaction was kind of like i was numb like i didn't get emotional i was just like i can't believe like this really happened and then my phone just started blowing up with like people from over the years, like glad your boy got one. Like people I hadn't talked to in a while, like all kinds of stuff. Like everybody just knew like I was the the, the Mavericks fan and they hated on dirt for all those years, middle school, high school, whatever. And everybody just came to show they love and respect. 
he got him one, man. I never forget staying up late that night, uh, trying not to wake the house up when they started to bring the the the, the rope out and shit. And, and you see the bench getting hyped with Mark Cuban on the fucking sideline, and I'm just like, yo. Are we really about to win a fucking championship right now? Like, and I was spoiled because I was a Saints fan. We won in 09. Mm. I was a Duke fan. We had just beat uh um what's Gordon Haywood school? Butler. Oh Butler. Man. we had just beat Butler, and that damn near didn't happen because boy the greatest <laughs> of all time. I was watching the game, I was like this. I knew when that shot went up, I said, oh, my God. <laughs> I said, whoo. The basketball gods are real. And then, like, to top it all off, I'm a Saints fan. I love the Saints. But at that time, I was only a Saints fan for about three, four years. 2011, I was a Mavs fan for eight years at that point. And basketball has always been above football for me. And I saw what we went through in 06 and everything in between. Losing to the dip, like just failing in the playoffs to the point where that was that's what we were known for. The Mavericks, yeah, they're good in the regular season. They're going to come up short in the playoffs. And to the point where I didn't believe in the Mavericks that playoff run like Portland, yeah, we beat Portland. All right, cool. Oh man, we gotta go against the Lakers. Well, guess this it. Nah, Swept. <laughs> the thing it is, was- I had started to give up in the years in between, for sure. Mm-hmm. But that year, and I, I had the tweet, I can still find it probably. That year, I think around December, I was like, I really think this team is gonna do it. Especially when Karan Butler went down. I was like, oh man. When Karan, but it was uh, for me, I think it was after Karan went down that okay. I was like. Karan went down and I was initially devastated. And then a few weeks passed and I was looking at how the team was coming together. I was like, these, this really like this team really might be the one like, and it felt real for the first time. But then, like you said, when we got to the playoffs and I saw how the the lineup was like, as far as who we were going to have to play. And I I realized what the heat were. I was like, if we don't do it this year, Dirk's not going to get a championship. We're never going to get a championship because that was was the year to do it. Yeah, I was looking at it. We didn't know what was going to happen to Brandon Roy, but I was looking at the Blazers. I was like, I think we can beat them now, but this dude, Brandon Roy, is the one. Like, he's yeah. next. The Marcus Aldridge is is good. Like, this is a team that's going to be a problem in the future. The Thunder. KD's already looking like one of those guys. Russell Westbrook already on, on his way. James Harden, I already knew he was going to be a star. And I was like, these team, these teams are gonna be problems. And we already know the Spurs are going are always gonna be good. I don't want to see them. The Lakers still have Kobe and Powell. They just came off a championship. But I think we're 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 able to beat these teams if we get it done this year. And my thing with the Heat was it's their first year together. They've never been in a playoff situation together. That's hard to figure out the first time around. So I was like, we got to do it now. And I was stressed every single game, every single night, every single play. Stressed. That's why I got these gray hairs now. Like, that's where it started. When we swept the Lakers, I was like, 
I couldn't believe All it. Right. I, I was like, we got the three games, and I was like, are we about to sweep the Lakers? <laughs> like, we swept the Lakers, and I wasn't really worried about OKC. I'm going to be completely honest. Really? I probably underestimated OKC, to okay. be quite honest. I underestimated OKC. And when it was us in Miami, I was like, well, it was it, it was cool. In that first game, I was like, the most, right. yeah, the most scared I was was that Brandon Roy game. That first game against Miami, I was like, all right, this is it. No, I, I had then game, that point. Then game two came, and we were down. And that whole season, we were known for making comebacks and games. We had done it a lot. And when we did it against them in that game, I said, I said, oh, we can win this series. Yeah. Because they ain't no different than anybody else. And that's that's part of why I, I believed, because it felt like historically I could kind of tell when Dirk was, I don't want to say frustrated, but like <laughs> felt the moment. And not to say he wasn't clutch because he was. Yeah. But historically, I could tell when he kind of felt the moment. And in this run, it just felt like he just didn't give a damn. Like, I'm going to do what I do and it's going to work, is how it felt. And he did it. Like, he, he, every single night, every single time, no matter what the score looked like, he was out there doing what he had to do. And I don't give a fuck about the, the 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 shooting splits or whatever you want to call it. Fourth quarter time, he was there. Jason Terry was ready on the wing. Like the team, every, everything just came together perfectly. You could not have scripted. a. The only way you could have made it better is if you replaced uh, the Blazers with the Spurs in that run. Literally, that's it. But other than that, you couldn't have scripted it better for, for a run. And when I think about it, Dirk started to get his respect after that. Mm-hmm. Up to that moment, wildly disrespected. And it, it kind of brings me to this, the sad part of being an NBA fan where I feel like it's worse in basketball than any other sport. If you don't win, the way you're viewed, like any other, up to... Again, if he had gone to seven and lost to the Heat by one point at the buzzer, like every game, every loss was a one-point loss. His entire career, his entire, the the respect, the way people talk about him is completely different if he loses a game seven by one point versus getting that championship. And it's, it's, it's sad that it's like that, but it is. It's guys like Carmelo Anthony. Charles Barkley, Chris Paul, who are viewed as not being winners. Mello has made the playoffs for majority of his career. From the moment he came into the league until the Knicks turned into bums when he went there, he made the playoffs every single year. And you can't say, what team can you say underperformed? Which team was he supposed to win with? Chris Paul. 
Chris Paul might be a different question for me. Chris Paul might be. I can't put him. I can still say he's disrespected a little bit. I'm not talking about them being disrespected. I'm just, well, no, he is disrespected, but he's a winner. He wins is he not a winner? He's not a closer. I didn't say anything about closing. That's what I'm saying. Like, he, he definitely, he's a good, he's a, a winning basketball player, but he's had some fuck ups in the clutch many times. That's not true. It is for me. That's not true. He's had a fuck up in the playoffs once, like as far as like clutch making mistakes. But for the most part, most of his failures in the playoffs have come because of injuries. That's true. He had most most of his issues come down to injuries. He had definitely had a couple situations where it was his fault that they lost. Um, and I specifically remember with the Clippers. I can't remember what year it was. It was a turnover that he had towards the end of a game, and it was his fault. But he blamed Blake Griffin or DeAndre. I can't remember who he blamed, but I remember like he made a mistake, but he like went off on his teammate, and I was like, "You can't be doing that. Come on, son." I also remember when he injured his, I think his knee or his thigh in the game. I think it was like a game seven or the closeout game. Would you say he's had bad luck? Yes, Jerry West was in a similar situation. He's had a lot of bad luck because if it wasn't him, it was Blake. As far as injuries, true. If it wasn't him, it was Blake. James so, Harden is the one that definitely is. Uh, I can't give it to him. I can't well, I'm not talking. No, I'm not mentioning that motherfucker's <laughs> name at all. But I will say Chris Paul's definitely had bad luck. I would compare his his career up to this point to Jerry West. Jerry West talked about this on the podcast P podcast too. I don't think people realize Jerry West. Oh, I think he only won one championship. Yeah. He he would kept getting to the finals and getting clapped. He would go off, but he would lose. Yeah. And he said he almost gave up. And even when he won, he was like, I wasn't that guy anymore. I got a ring, but I wasn't that guy anymore. All I'm saying is an NBA player being a winner should not be based solely on whether or not they have a ring or not. That's bullshit. And I think in Jerry West is another example of that. You're going to look at Jerry West's career and say he wasn't that guy because he didn't have a ring. That's stupid. Ridiculous. That's insane. But he gets his little ring. Like he said, he wasn't the dude anymore, but he got his ring. So then his career looks completely different because he has a ring on his finger. Same thing with dirt. And that's, that I hate that it's like that in the NBA. I feel like it's not like that in any other sport. It's not. For the most part, it's not. That maybe quarterbacks in the NFL, but then again, that's a specific I don't think so. Cause even then, NFL is the ultimate team sport. So it's yeah, like he knows well doesn't have a ring, right? Yeah, and he's still considered a top five quarterback all the time. He was, I should say, before Brady. Yeah, he it's not even arguable now. Even even if you hate Tom Brady, you can't. And I hate Tom Brady, but I can't. Nah. Yeah. A certain point. Well, fuck, I got like seven championships, bro. Come on. Point, you just had to accept it. Yeah. I accepted it at the fifth, sixth championship. <laughs> like, oh, man. I hate it um, too. I, I was calling him a sister quarterback. I can't lie. And there is some of that in there, but eventually he became the system. Yeah. Eventually he is the system. Um, 
With that being said, Dirk is still better than KG. Um, so we 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 breezing through this. We we gotta close this out because I still gotta I gotta get the bid. I got huh? Don't tell me you still got a pack. I packed. I packed. I still got some stuff to throw in, like my carry-on bag, but like my luggage, my suitcase is packed. Okay. Um, let me think. Yeah, man, I'm. I, 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 I'm gonna fall asleep on that plane. Fucking yeah. sure. I always, always try to sleep on the plane. I'm, I'm gonna fall asleep. It, it might be a little uncomfortable, but I'm gonna make it work. You want to um, I don't know. Okay. Did you check I, in? Yeah. Uh, but you, I, I usually just grab whatever seat. Okay. I, I Maybe the window. I usually don't sit by the window. I usually like the end of the aisle. Yeah. I like the window, so if I fall asleep, I can lean on the window instead of. That's a good point too. Point. I never thought about that. That's a good point. Might, might, yeah. You might be on to something. Uh, hopefully, it's not a lot of people on the plane since it's so damn early, and like I can just grab whatever fucking seat. But that's unlikely, huh? Going to Florida? Yeah. <clears throat> On a Friday or a Saturday? Yeah. It's unlikely. <laughs> <laughs> we got to close this thing out because I I really need to drop the kids off at the pool real bad right now. Yeah. So, um, y'all 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 most likely won't get a part next week. Um, I'll speak we'll see. We'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Signing off for recent bibs. Peace. Peace, porridge, punch. sound of ocean waves against a rocky cliff it's maine a place where sights sounds and taste all come to life breathtaking vistas from the top of a seaside mountain lobster and oysters straight from crisp cold waters it's where you can take a breath and a beat and let the world slip away plan your trip at visit maine.com loki the trickster god has betrayed you find him and vengeance shall be yours. Explore vast and mysterious realms. And battle gods and monsters. Enter Chaos Asgard's Wrath 2. Available now, only on MetaQuest. Learn more at AsgardsWrath2.com. See job safety guidance online. Accounts for 10 plus. Asgard's Wrath 2 is for ages 17 plus. Pandora makes it easy for you to find your favorite music. Discover new artists and genres by selecting any song or album and we'll make you a personalized station for free. Download on the Apple App Store or Google Play and enjoy the soundtrack to your life. When you've watched a tiny kitten grow into a healthy senior cat, you remember why you chose Cat Chow. Because it's backed by 60 years of expertise. Cat Chow makes yummy formulas for cats of all ages, which makes me one happy cat mom.